Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. Hey! <laughs> I love to always make that sound every time it goes live. Hey! But it's so exciting. Like the button pops up. And we're like, we're live! <laughs> yeah, like I'm suddenly Italian. Emily Sher, thank you so much for coming on here. Do you want us to call you Dr. Emily, Dr. Emily Sherb, Dr. Sherb, Sir Sherbalot? Oh, Sherbalot. I mean, I'm down for Sherbalot, but otherwise Emily is fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It is a joy to have you tonight. Yeah, this is so much fun. It's a great resource while we're all a little cooped up. Absolutely. And and a great way for us to just keep growing this dance physical therapy community. You made it. Yeah, you made it. Somebody made it. <laughs> Say who you are in the comments. Sometimes it says Facebook user. If you have not signed up on StreamYard. So just be say your name along with it. So that way I could be like, what's up? How's it going? Emily, thank you for agreeing to come on and talk about the aerial arts in which I know nothing about. So Woo-hoo. my first question is. I, I even did, it's so funny, I created the <laughs> little post about it with silks, and I'm going, and, and I went, you know, this could be wrong, and I, I, I thought, <laughs> oh, Cody Gardner's here, oh, we love oh, you. Oh, Cody, you're supposed to be working, what are you doing? Are you <laughs> making your patients watch live? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it, you two went to school together, you and Cody? Uh, we are a couple years apart, for sure. But uh, I love it. Maybe a decade apart, but uh, but we did go to the same school. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I love it. So, uh, what is within the, I, the whole concept of aerial arts? Because I was thinking, yeah. flying. What what is that? Really great question, and it's actually pretty broad. So it kind of depends on the terminology you use. Aerial arts really is any performing art that involves movement off the ground, or at least that's how I would describe it. So some people would describe bungee dance um, as aerial dance, or there's harness-based dance work off the sides of buildings, like Project Bandaloop is one of like, the most well-known ones. Um, and then there's traditional aerial arts, that's can be more like what you think of more uh, circus-based. And yeah. that's going to be more your silks, generally, though, who says what's dance and what's circus? You know, that's that's a whole conversation of what is dance is it? out of my purview. I didn't even know that would be a thing to converse. That's cool. Yeah, but like, like what that. is dance, right? <laughs> like what's, where's the line between theater and dance exists? Where's the line between aerial arts and like circus style and the dance side exist? Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so there's stuff that like absolutely qualifies themselves as dance and that's going to be your harness-based dance work or there's something called a dance trapeze that is generally lower hanging um, and it has a single point so it can spin in addition to swing. 
And it's usually, you can stay in contact with the ground and kind of move in and out of the ground with it too. So there's apparatuses that are very commonly associated specifically with the dance world. And then both those can go to the circus side and the circus stuff can come to the dance world. So it's definitely fluid. I love that. I'm wondering because I've spoken to two physical therapists who are specifically in interested in indoor skydiving would no. that be considered aerial arts or because when i looked at it i really i i because they were interested in learning more about dance it's specifically for that and when i analyzed it i said it really does not have anything to do with dance how i know it so you won't get anything from me but <laughs> do you think this would be part that would be and then umbrella or is that something kind of different i don't I mean I, it's it's definitely something kind of different um usually aerial dance the way i'm talking about it is going to interact with an apparatus but i guess in that case the apparatus is the air resistance which is I, yeah amazing it's um, it's super cool i mean yeah oh, and daring honestly i but watched different. that and my vertigo went off i was like oh no <laughs> not because i got symptoms but just imagining i was in their shoes well yeah this is i was actually cool. funny like earlier this week i i got like a a little blast from my um my feed that keeps like journal articles coming in and it was like aerial aerial injuries uh out of switzerland and i was like oh great my journal article sweet okay cool i gotta read this so i'm like reading through and i realized they're talking about skydiving so <laughs> they're calling it aerial as well so uh the terminology is similar but i think our intent is different that's so yeah for sure so when talking about aerial arts then if we were going to niche it down a little bit it would be there's some like you said some sort of apparatus whether it's grabbing uh grabbing a, a, a rod of some kind being in the silks wrapped up you have some sort of prop in which you are hanging on and relying on in some manner yes yes got it okay yeah. okay generally uh with some relationship to the space, I guess, to differentiate it. But yeah, it's got an apparatus. So like a bar, it's like a trapeze has a straight bar or there's like an aerial hoop that's gonna be a, a generally a round tubular shape. Um, there's a rope that will just hang from the ceiling, kind of uh, a covered climbing rope by, from your gym class when we yeah, were all kids, yeah. but not, we never really had them. Um, and then uh, there's aerial silks, there's, and then variations on that. And then there's invented apparatus, there's straps, there's chains. There's kind of anything you can imagine that allows you to relate your body in space to it off wow. the ground. That's cool. That's really cool. Shelly, what's up? Shelly, you need to get on here and let me interview you. That being said, she added, they all fall under the umbrella of performing arts, dance and aerial dance and other forms. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I'm just thinking in relation to dance specifically. Um, um, yeah, the, okay. the, so, the groups that generally are considered traditionally more associated with dance are going to be called more aerial dance versus um, versus aerial arts. So aerial arts tends to be the things that are more traditionally associated with circus. Aerial dance on the more dance side, usually on the aerial dance, there's a need for the stage. So yeah. like aerial tra dance trapeze, they'll be moving in and out of the floor. Uh, and aerial harness work or aerial dance, like traditional aerial dance, the, what aerial dance practitioners call aerial dance would be harness work off of a vertical uh, stage. So they'll yeah. use a building or a wall and suspend from the ceiling and dance with their feet 
because they're in a harness just rotated 90 degrees. And then I was wondering for, for these aerial arts, is there formal, is it necessary to have formal dance training such as ballet or modern? Is that a a component or is it different? Uh, It would depend on the company, but no, it is different enough that it doesn't, it wouldn't be matter. necessary, but sometimes the company might, might say, let's have you do this in order to right. that get a bit. We want to use the vocabulary of ballet in our aerial dance performance. Gotcha. Use, but like it's, it is absolutely a hundred percent not necessary. It's completely different. Uh, and then that being said, would creating the certain lines and aesthetic that we see in ballet be the same desired outcomes in the aerial arts? Again, it can be artist specific or company specific. So some people really like those balletic lines, the long reaching and having a pointed toe, a turned out leg, all that. And some people want jagged lines and it all depends on the feeling you're trying to convey. Um, so I guess in, in that way, it is kind of more in the vocabulary of a modern dance world where there may or may not be a codified vocabulary, but there, to some degree, there's a codified vocabulary for the basics. Um, but once you're beyond that, your interpretation of how you want that movement to look on your body, um, like a plie, you can do a plie and turnout, you can do a plie in parallel, you can do a plie in second. Um, on a trapeze, you can hang from your knees, but do you want to hang from your knees and have your hips bent and your back arched and have that feeling, or do you want to do it with your body mm. straight? You know, so there's um, there's a movement vocabulary, but it's it's very much the basics, and then your interpretation of that movement or where you want it to go um, and how you can create movement is really freeing because of your different relationship to gravity and your apparatus. So there's a lot of creation. How are we on research regarding, uh, regarding aerial arts, I guess in the general sense, on understanding the common injury thread between all of them or are we just so far that we don't have any data on that at this point? What a great question. Um, <laughs> there is there is data out there. Um, the data that is out there, there's about, oh gosh, I'm going to get the number wrong, um, but I have it somewhere. I'm happy to provide a bibliography. Uh, there's about uh, eight-ish articles out there right now that are currently out there. There is more stuff that should be about to come out. Um, there is... Um, I am a researcher on one of the studies that's currently going on um, that will hopefully be published in the next year or two. Um, but there's basically the older research is looking at um, Cirque du Soleil has a huge amount of data. But when we're talking about Cirque du Soleil, you're talking about professional company and professional artists, and you're talking about everything from dancers, singers, musicians, acrobats, aerialists. Um, tumblers and so it's all kind of mixed in and they've kind of pulled it out but there's very little looking at just aerialists the things that are coming out now are looking at just aerialists um, and comparing them and looking at that a little bit more there's also research on pole dance that's also coming out we've kind of hit this critical mass Uh, circus has grown exponentially in the last 15 or so years Um, and we've we've kind of hit that point finally where it is being researched so there's a lot of stuff in the works um, there's now a couple circus schools around the world that are doing research on their students. And then there's uh, the study that I'm a part of, which is pretty big. It's all around the U.S. There's about eight study sites um, that will also hopefully contain a lot of so data. So the information's on its way. You guys are like, we The information is on its it. way. That's cool. There is definitely trends that we all talk about um, in the field. It's about 
from the data that is currently out there and my clinical data, it is about 60% shoulder injuries, um, followed by hamstring, proximal hamstring. Um, and then we get some low back and ankle more from our tumblers. Mm, okay. Okay. And for these aerial artists, what parts of their body need to be strengthened more and stabilized more that might be different from the average dancer? Yeah. So again, it's going to depend on whether we're talking about traditional aerial dance, where it's going to be more harness-based work. Um, okay, so start with harness, harness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so harness-based work, it's core. It's core to such a high degree, because if you think about it, the harness is predominantly, um, you know, waist-based and then go under their legs. When they turn 90 degrees, that harness is now in the middle of their body. And if they don't have that core stability, they're just going to kind of flop and arch over that harness. But they need to have that stability in three dimensions because as they're moving on the wall and dancing sideways, they can also rotate. So they need core stability in all those dimensions and to have the freedom of movement to be expressive, um, both their legs and their arms on the wall. So they need so much more core stability than the average human and even like cervical spine stability because they've got to be holding their head in line with their body and not just flopping it back. If you think about how gravity is going to affect everything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then for non-harness, the other one. Yeah. The other, so the other one would be tr- like circus aerial arts. Okay. I know it's confusing aerial dance versus aerial arts, but um, in the aerial arts world, there's a lot of hanging. So the shoulder is at end range motion mm. and your body weight's hanging off of it. So it needs a huge amount of mobility, a huge amount of stability. Um, mm. That rotator cuff's got to be super robust. Um, it's got to be robust at the end range. And their scapular mechanics have to be amazing because otherwise your arm just doesn't get to 180, 190. If you're doing beats, which is what we call when you kick your legs back and forth. So if you imagine there's a body, let's see if I can get myself in the screen and you're going back and forth and these are their hands that they're hanging from, their shoulders are getting pulled into that end range dynamically. Um, So they really need a lot of shoulder um, strength control and just really pristine movement mechanics. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. For their training, I know in dance, we're still as physical therapists trying to get in this injury prevention stuff. Is there much awareness and emphasis on that? Because it really has, I, I believe from what I'm hearing from you, probably already an assumption that it's a sport and, and that injury prevention might be addressed a little bit more than the average dancer. Am I wrong? I don't know. Well, uh, it's an interesting sport. Uh, People definitely realize that it's athletic. Um, A lot of practitioners come to it as adults. I mean, kids are doing it too, but it's definitely something that a lot of us uh, adults, I like to call it adult onset aerial, sitting at desk job all day. Maybe you had some sport background when you were a kid, but you haven't really been active in a long time. And then you're all of a sudden asking your body to do something extreme. So there's a lot of adults coming to it. The kids, um, come through youth programs and they're amazing. They take it different levels of serious levels of seriousness, just like dance, right? There's kids that are kind of come in, take two classes and there's kids that are going to stick with it through their whole um, childhood. But what's really unique about Ariel and why injury prevention is interesting is it's grown so, so fast and so very much. There's no codified teacher training there. People have, there are amazing schools out there that are super injury based, injury prevention based, that are really going to work on progressions and making sure people are learning properly. And there's schools out there where the head teacher who opened that school may have learned from YouTube. 
and never had real training themselves. So there's a huge variety of the type of learning that's happening. Thankfully, all the schools where I am in Seattle are amazing and we have an amazing community um, that really shares knowledge together and all the schools work together to make sure that they're sharing knowledge, which is really unique and wonderful. Um, but that's not true all over the country. So it very much depends. So the injury prevention aspect, uh, it depends on where you are uh, and that knowledge is growing. Again, since there's very little research out there, there's stuff we can assume. There's stuff that I feel like I know from clinical experience because I've been dealing with population forever. I was a, I was a circus artist before I got into PT. So the, these are, these are my people. Um, but, uh, but we're not hundred percent sure, you know, we can treat it more like a sport, but we don't have, it's not, uh, research isn't there yet to back it up. Yeah. So when you are working with an aerial artist, how was your, I would love you to go into depth here. Yeah. How was your initial evaluation different? What do you specifically include that is a must that is different from the average dancer? Yeah. So if a professional artist is walking into my office, the very first thing I do is I look them up and down and I realize that they're gorgeous and their physique is amazing. You're and like, that give me still your body. I'm like, whoa. Um, and I still am going to be able to help them. So like first, first things first, it's like, okay, I can actually help this person. They're here for a reason. If they weren't having a problem, they wouldn't be in my office. Um, so the first thing I do is a little self-reassurance. <laughs> um, but then when I'm looking at their body, the, the, the main thing, not the main thing, but the, the thing that I focus on with them more than anybody else is the last 15 degrees of shoulder flexion. The I last really 15 degrees of so of going from function. like do you mean going going into extension or even more or or oh wait so wait like this which what direction are we going in? <laughs> oh right this, there right, okay okay right there gotcha, yeah. gotcha basically going from about 170 to 190 degrees of shoulder flexion got it you know is it easy is it hard where's the motion coming from um joint laxity at the the glenohumeral joint um, or the scapular mobility. So I'm really looking at it. So um, I'm really looking at a couple of different things because hanging is such a, a huge part of it and shoulder injuries are so common. I really wanna make sure that each of the pieces line up. So I'm looking at their shoulder blades. I wanna make sure that they're getting enough scapular upward rotation, posterior tilt, that it's adequately representing the alignment that I'm, that I'm looking for. So I want 60 degrees of upward rotation. I want 20-ish degrees of posterior tilt. I want to see the inferior angle of their scap really moving around their body and the uh, root of their scapula basically staying in place as that happens. Then looking at the creases of their shoulders, are they about the same? Is one deeper than the other? If I flip them around and looking at their armpit side, am I seeing a ball of their humeral head popping out at me? Hypermobility is super common in this population, just like with dancers. Um, they're just going to present differently. Um, and then I'm looking at their elbows. I want to see that the olecranon process is kind of pointing forward or away from me at about 60 degrees. I don't want to see it from the back. Any of those things being off can tell me that they might be at risk for having a shoulder injury, or that's probably why they're there in the first place. Um, but, and then with them, I'm just really, I want to know, I want to also ask them what apparatus is their primary apparatus, because that makes a huge difference in what I'm looking at. A vertical apparatus Basically, that's going to be your ropes, your silks, anything you're going to grab kind of like this. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can separate it apart, but your grip is going to be 
we'll put this hands in the camera. Your grip's gonna be more in this alignment with your arm and your bar apparatus, you're gonna be more like this. And that can make a huge difference too. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're holding your vertical apparatus and you go into what we call a long arm hang, your face is in the way. You're not gonna get as in range as you are for bar apparatus. But also with your, your vertical apparatus, because it tends to be a floppier fabric-based apparatus, um, there's more degrees of freedom. So that introduces other stresses on the shoulder too. Mm. So uh, yes, shoulder, I'm gonna look at their end range motion. Uh, I'm gonna look at their alignment and joint stability. That's, that's the big one. Um, I also just want to um, get a general idea for their flexibility because of the hypermobility component. And they're gonna be moving from somewhere because gravity is pulling down on them. So if they're holding with their hands and they have hypermobility and there's anywhere, that place is really gonna get yanked on. So if it's in their shoulders, their humeral head is probably gonna be moving all over the place. Um, just because once you're hanging from your arms, if you only have 160 degrees of shoulder flexion and then you hang from your arms, something's gonna pull you to get that arm overhead because you're no longer attached to the floor. So Right, it, right. Then that's what's gonna just yank you in there. Does when you're seeing, because when somebody has hypermobility in one area, a lot of times there's hypomobility in other mm -hmm. areas. So where are you finding the hypomobility commonly? So the hypomobility we're generalizing, is, we're, we're oh, generalizing. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, if we, if we think about what aerialists do a lot, and I know you don't really know, but what they do is they're hanging from their hands and then they turn upside down. So they're pushing down with their arms a ton and they're lifting their legs a ton. Okay. And they're, so it's... Um, very much all about that flexion of the of the hip and that moving into extension of the arms. Yeah. 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 Right. So they're always pulling yeah. in or pulling in. Yeah. You know, bikini. Yeah. Yeah. So they tend to get <laughs> really short and stiff in their hip flexors mm. and relatively short and stiff in their lats as well, because they're just constantly using those big guys to pull everything in. And so if they're going to be stiff somewhere, that's where they're going to be stiff. Their, their hip extension might be more lacking. They're going to actually end up having trouble getting back here, which is unfortunate. Um, so they usually come in with, to me with shoulder stuff first because their body's being pulled into that extension. And then they'll talk to their coaches about the fact that they feel like they don't have hip mobility or their hip is popping and cracking, um, you know, like a snapping hip. Like, like with dancers, very common, same thing, right? You're always um, doing butt muscles to the front, to the side, except here you're doing it and then you continue that motion against gravity. So um, hips end up looking similar to those to those dancers who are just really, really gripping in their hip flexors to get their rotation, to get their um, to get their motion as well. Because so. with these hanging artists, just because I'm just thinking I know. I'm so much more familiar with dancing feet on the yeah. ground, traditional, you know, not flying all over the place. If you are having, um, say you do have weak hip abductors uh, yeah. and, and genu valgum, does that matter as much then? Can that really it make doesn't. a difference? Yeah, yeah so interesting. It you can have these beautiful, and again, because it's less codified yeah. in, in movement. Right. You, okay, so your body doesn't do it that. You're going to be more, you're going to do more strength skills. You're going to do more. And there's, it's not like you have to fit, again, depending on the company, into a line of core dancers where everyone has to be doing the exact same thing, you get to have a little more individual expression. It's a little more free. There's definitely a, more of a culture of the other in circus as well because of its history and background. Yeah. And so it's just a lot more accepting of anyone. Um, yeah. And there's ways of modifying a lot of it to be done at 
pretty much any level. Um, at one of the schools I do a lot of work with, um, they have a whole program for adults with Parkinson's and they have a whole program for kids with CP. Um, and getting them moving and doing something cool and unique and fun that involves novel movement learning and allows them to kind of keep active and, and develop movement skills. I love that. Okay, so I think my question next is leading towards, because we're familiar as physical therapists, somebody saying we're lacking movement here, we're lacking the movement of the lats, whatever, what we would know, know, we would know what exercises to do for the basics. Yeah. Like, let's starting point. But I want to get into the functional exercises. Could you give us some fun, functional, funky exercises? Move that chair aside and show us <laughs> some real cool stuff because we have to get creative with these things. It's not that okay. like there are, yeah. So I would love maybe show uh, three or four like fun exercises when they get to that point, obviously, where it can yeah. just be more functional and like they're at that go time, you know, for that final bit. Yeah. So um, what's, again, really different about these artists is they don't relate to the ground necessarily right. as much as others. And so right. not all clinics are like mine where I have hanging apparatus in my clinic because oh, I love these it. are my people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but there's ways of mimicking that. And the most important things are going to be at, at the end ranges. So we're all really familiar with shoulder exercises that work the shoulder from down here to up here. Mm -hmm. The real key for these guys is anything up here yeah. Um, because we can get the rotator cuffs as strong as we want down here, but if they don't know how to work it in conjunction with everything else, it's not necessarily going to help them nearly as much. So let's go there. Yes, let's go there, guys. You're learning some exercise. All right, all right. I got to think. I got to think. Uh, what do we want to do? We want to work our shoulder up overhead, right? Okay, yeah. so let's. Oh man, do we go full body first? No, we're gonna do full body last. We'll do, we'll do the shoulder thing. Just go with your, um, go with your gut. So I'm gonna go. <laughs> All right, this is one of my favorite exercises. You get to oh. see my floor. Check that out. I got I've got no socks on. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm barefoot too. Yay! All right. <laughs> like, why wear shoes? I'm home. Um, so for this first exercise, I'm gonna show you my progression. Uh, you will see my left shoulder is a work in progress. Let's just say I was very list for 30 years. Um, so what we're looking for here is recruitment of the periscapular muscles and then working the rotator cuff in conjunction with that at the very end range. So we start not quite as end range and we work towards it. So on our stomachs, hands in the diamond shape, we're just gonna rotate the arms up to engage the rotator cuff and you'll feel kind of mid-low trap area. So it's like this your arms kind of almost like in a bent, uh, bent elbows fit position. Uh, is your head on the yeah, ground? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, bent elbows fit position. My yeah, head yeah. Be on the floor. yeah. Yeah. Um, this to your artist should feel like the proper engagement on their apparatus, which is why I like this one. So, yeah. um, forehead down. Can you still hear me? I'm wearing a headset. Yeah, just yeah, just yell louder. You're great. All right. Yeah. Cool. So you're gonna start with your head down, hands in your bent arm fit position. I like that description. And rotating from the upper arm, rotating the hands up. Yeah. Just doing that is hard for a lot of them. What I'm really looking for is that their shoulder stays open so that they're able to, let me get the screen, they're able to rotate without pressing forward at that shoulder joint. Oh, yeah. Which feels really icky. Um, but the really rotating from there, that rotation gets that posterior tilt of the scapula, getting serratus and low trap as well. Love that. So that's level one. 
Level two, I have people rotate and lift their arms up behind them. Oh, so they do the same rotation and then just lift the elbow up a little bit. Yep. That's Get great. Close to the end range. Yeah. And then they're extending, my left arm won't do it. They're extending up overhead, trying to keep their hands up off the ground, moving back through that motion and coming back. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. I see why well, that's your favorite because you can really progress it. So you're lifting up the hands, lifting up the elbows, extending out to the Y, and then coming back to the starting Yeah, position. and ideally they're actually, in this case, extending to an I. Oh, an I, they need yeah. the motion here, and they need 190-ish. That's um, a, oh, So yeah. we need them all the way down there and keeping that rotation. They so they're keeping that rotation high. throughout. Yeah. So they rotate, they scoop. And then they're really extending, oh. trying to force more external rotation than we normally care about. That's incredible. People. I love that. I love that. And of course, if they're really feeling crazy, they can do it weighted. But <laughs> I'll get to more really of the questions it says. More exercises. Let's do a full body one. So the most common movement in aerial, other than just like the hanging, is turning upside down or inverting. So let me show you a ground version of an inversion. And then we'll talk about what the components are and how we can make them interesting. Let me get you off my desk. There we go. Okay, so an inversion. Maybe, all right, we'll see. Um, an inversion, I think I'm mostly in the screen. Um, for a bar apparatus, they're gonna be hanging with their arms straight up overhead. Okay, yeah. And they're going to turn their body over. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. To just get yeah. under the bar, to just tuck their legs under. Yeah. So that's like something that's relatively basic. A lot of people, if they have shorter stiff lats, as they do this, they have come into the habit of closing their shoulders. This is what we call closing our shoulders. Oh, yeah, bringing their shoulders. And so they'll do this. Oh. Right? They'll start pushing on their imaginary bar. So I'll have them hold a TheraBand or a bar. See, I've been doing my telehealth, too, so I've got my bands right here. Uh, yep, yep, yep. I'll have them hold a TheraBend or a bar. Still, probably do that external rotation. And is there the tension? The is there tension? With a little bit of tension. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they've got that part. I'll have them engage their core to what we call a hollow body. So it's kind yeah. of like a Pilates imprint. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll have them go through that same motion to come up to practice that so they don't start closing their shoulders. I don't like putting weights in their hands because it encourages them to push back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That so I'd rather back. have them put something under their hands and cue them to push down. Oh, smart. Oh, I like that. To work that end range motion. Yeah. Um, if it's a vertical apparatus, sometimes they will be holding their arms by their chest and be here. And so sometimes when I'm working on them, I'll have to do what I call like a snuggle shoulder where they're oh, using yeah. their pecs to hang from. Yeah. I'll have them pull a band that I have anchored above. I love it. An open chest and practice doing the same motion. So they're practicing moving through really common skills with some resistance in the skill that they're having trouble with. That's so cool. All right, let's do one more. One more. Just because more. I love learning oh, exercises. Man. Oh, oh, man. Sure I got to think of one more. What'd oh. you say? Oh, oh, oh I, I was just like, which one? You know, it's just 
There's so many good ones. But this is great, though. You guys watching this, especially if you're you're uh, newer to this, let this be something to keep setting off your imagination on what you can do exercise-wise. This is what Emily has found has been great. And, you know, you developed it over time. You're like, these are my golden ones. I have my goal. Everybody has their golden ones. Everyone has their golden ones. Start to obsess over. But I always love to try to look to expand that vocab. All Any, right. And yeah, yeah so two things. One, speaking of vocab, vocab is huge with these people. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's actually on the PASIG website yet, but I did create a, a vocabulary list for PASIG. Oh, amazing. Um, so that there's like kind of like at least you kind of know what's going on or Google it. There's great, like I said, everything's on YouTube now. So like Google it and you will see what the motion looks like. And you've got great, strong movement PT brains, especially all these dance PTs, yeah. you'll be able to break it down, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's important. The vocabulary is helpful. Even if you know the name of the apparatus, so you can talk to them intelligently about that. It's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. The, Just like someone comes in and say, it hurts my plie. What's a plie? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's very true. Like when uh, I run to Jean, you know, it's like, uh, what's around? Yeah. So if you have a basic level of understanding of the vocabulary, it's super, super helpful. I love it. Somebody asked, do they need the same amounts of hip extension as dancers? It's going to depend again yeah. on what skills they do, what their apparatus is. Yeah. Um, not probably quite as much. Gotcha. And then somebody <laughs> said circus they talk. They need I'm to have, you know, space, but not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody said but a circus talk. I'm so excited. Hello from a fellow Ariel PT. Please write your name down. If you're still on here, that fellow Ariel PT. So that way she knows who you are and you guys can yeah. bond some more unless you probably already know each other. But I don't know who, which one. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. I love that. I'm so grateful for you coming on any last tidbits. I mean, of course we could go on forever in a day. Well, of course that's, that's why we're all nerding out together like dive into exercises that's always the most common question i get or what are the exercises what can we actually do in the clinic tomorrow yeah uh, that, that would be months or that game changer whatever. <laughs> but but i but i love that i love those hands-on things where oh it's megan yes. megan what's up megan stacy i know her <laughs> very very well hello my love i love you megan <laughs> <laughs> she she can hear you you don't <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah, right. yeah. I, it's, like, it's like your mom who's in like, front of the can you, hear me? <laughs> can you see me you know you're like oh my god mom. oh my god oh my poor mother i was like wanting to do a mic check with my headphones she like could not figure out how to video chat i'm like it, it's okay. oh that's the best oh my god it it's good. so it, it makes me like love them more i'm like yes. i'm like oh you're trying so hard <laughs> because because you don't want to disappoint me and i i feel that um it's, it's okay it's love. It's love. <laughs> Thank you so, Thank you. so much for coming on. What are the last, is there like a last thought you might want to add that I have not asked regarding yeah. stuff, arts, dance? Yeah. So, uh, now, so a I'm couple of things. Yeah. Do your yeah. couple so of things. Aerial arts is probably more common and more popular than aerial dance at the moment, though they're both awesome. Um, what was I going to actually say about it? Oh, yes. So a few things that we basically lightly touched on, but I want to kind of come back to you and emphasize. Yeah. One is the rapid growth. Huge amount of growth in, these, in this population. So if you haven't seen an aerial dancer yet, you will. Um, and there are resources out there. Um, I'm happy to answer questions. So feel free to email me. Um, 
that's always really fun for me. Uh, but these people are are becoming more and more popular. We went, we've literally had a hundred percent growth in number of schools in the last fifteen years. So it went from about eight to about eight hundred, a little over eight hundred. So, and that's just in the U.S. So huge growth. These people are everywhere. There's not necessarily a huge amount of information out there. There's that's not true. There's lots of information. It's varying quality. So do make sure that you're helping these, this population, educating them on how to use their bodies well. We all have the knowledge to do it. Um, and then the other thing that I kind of touched on is circus is really for everyone. Aerial especially can be used for any body and has been very inclusive for non-standard athletes. So it's not in general, until you get to the higher echelons where you get the same kind of audition process, you will have people of all body shapes, sizes, abilities, disabilities. It's kind of incredible. And so if someone comes into your office and says, I want to get back to doing aerial silks, for example, or pole, pole is even more so that way. Um, just be encouraging. Don't, don't laugh at them. Don't dissuade them that, that they're active, they're being healthy in their bodies, and it's incredible that we found a, an athletic pursuit that is so welcoming. So I think that's a really important thing to know. I love that. That's beautiful. That's truly beautiful. I love that it's, a, it's such an inclusive form. Uh, yeah. That's And that kind of makes sense, though, especially for somebody who may not be able to walk, but they have their arms that actually, they yeah. yeah, they can hang and they can There's do There's this really cool that. chick that just developed um, prosthetics. She's a bilateral amputee and she just has developed prosthetics that she can go upside down and actually wrap in the silks. <sighs> That's so cool. Oh my God. So I'm obsessed cool. with that. That's really awesome. It's really neat. Somebody just asked, how do you convince your boss to get aerial equipment in the clinic? Oh, that's sales, girl. That's yeah. Sales. Um, pull up bar. Start with the pull up bar. Ooh, start with the pull up bar. You can see a lot on a pull up bar because you're getting them and hanging in an end range. If you, um, if you have access to it, you can also get or know someone who knows the type of material it is. You can get a strip of aerial silk material throw it over that pull-up bar. You're not going to be able to kick around and do stuff, but you can at least see some basic hanging stuff. You can see some basic things. You can also do what I call florial. And you attach the apparatus to like the door or the wall and they can kind of walk through it on the floor. Floor bar kind of like, uh, it's not particularly helpful. And um, the advent of these magical phone things. These magical Watch phone things. Magical yeah. Phone things. Watching yeah, videos, true. but if you can look at hanging um, and if you have a pull-up bar and it's set up in a really secure way, you may even be able to look at some inverting things. Um, it's a great starting point. It's 70, 80%, maybe even more than that of what you need. That's great. That's great. Was that, I, oh, that's, I think that was helpful. I'm not even asking. I know that was helpful. That's wonderful. Emily, Miss Sharp, give me a hand. This was amazing. What a great way to like almost end the week. Technically, it's Thursday. Every day feels like Thursday. It's the right longest now. week ever. Like, uh, it really is. Month, oh my March God. is, yeah, wow. It's March Madness. It's, it's March, March Madness. Yeah. Truly March Madness. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank How you so can, much for the opportunity, Jenna. This is super fun. This is so great. How can people find you on social media, on Facebook, Instagram? What, what's your, your tag? I am at the Circus Doc at all of those things. You can email me at Emily at the Circus Doc. You can find me on all the social media things. I'm out there and love talking about this. 
pretty much all the time. I love it. I'm musical theater doc. Isn't that great? <laughs> you were amazing. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I have literally Disney behind me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now I'm like, what's going oh, on? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. This is like, this is, you see Tinkerbell. Oh, I see. Oh, girl, girl. It's oh, just, it oh, goes all oh, the way down, oh. all the way up. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it, it is the Disney lair. Thank you so so much for coming on. You are such a joy. I I I love having you in here. You are fabulous. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. You take care, Emily. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>